page 26 and page 27. In Stronger Every Day, Nine Tools for an Emotionally Healthy You. Rewriting our stories, any and all of our unhealthy narratives, and rewiring our neural pathways, living into a new healthy narrative, won't happen without sheer grit, as we say here in the South, and good old-fashioned sweat and tears. The old unhealthy behavioral patterns and communication skills have weaseled their way into deeply ingrained habits that don't want to change. The over 100 billion neurons that make 100 trillion neural connections inside our brains have gotten really comfortable traveling on those pathways. Without our knowing it, many of these unhealthy thought and behavior patterns absorbed from the emotional atmosphere of our early childhood settle in and become who we are. This happens on the subconscious level in our implicit memory, which makes our task more challenging. But today, yes, today, you are making an incredibly brave choice. This choice will have eternally profound ripples in your own life and in the life of your legacy. I'm so proud of you. And I want you to know, I am cheering you on. Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle. I'm Janelle, your host for today's conversation. We are in a new season, in a brand new series, Stronger Every Day, based on my new, new, new book, Stronger Every Day, Nine Tools for an Emotionally Healthy You. It is hot off the press and available at bookstores everywhere. So excited to have you here today to continue our conversation. In this second episode, we're going to be talking about another very critical part of a transformative emotional healing journey, and that is adaptability. You know, I tell you, I put the pen down, I finish the book, we do all the edits, and then I go, oh, I should have added this. Oh, I should have added that. It's just the nature of authoring. And so the privilege is, is that I can now give you these primer tools that are not in the book here on the podcast and over on my blog and in my newsletter and all the goods. So today I just wanted to add this adaptability piece because just like in our last episode when we talked about peacemaking versus peacekeeping, I feel like heartlifters have to understand what it means to be a peacemaker for in order to really experience that metanoia, that transformation within our hearts, minds, and our bodies, 
we have to understand how to resolve conflict, how to be able to use our voice, which we understand is our value, our worth, and our dignity in a very direct, diplomatic, discretionary way so that we can speak our mind and speak our truth. The result of that is peace of mind. And so just a reminder here that peace of mind is a mental state of calmness or tranquility. It's an absence of mental stress. And I'm telling you, we are in a global pandemic. I don't need to repeat that, but I, I think maybe I do because so many of us are trying to just live our lives as if there was no global pandemic happening. Evidence of that is when we say, why am I so stressed? Why can't I handle what I used to handle? What's wrong with me? Why do I keep flipping my lid? Why am I so anxious? I'm using my tools. I'm implementing meditation and mindfulness and prayer and devotion and quiet time and stillness and solitude. I'm using all of my tools. Why then am I still so anxious? And you're a teacher. Your host here today is being so open and honest and vulnerable that I have been challenged on such a deep degree lately. And I believe it's because of one I am teaching on this subject of peacemaking and peace of mind and how to be emotionally healthy. So yes, your teacher is being tested. But second, we are in a global pandemic. Things are not what they once were. I haven't spoken in public. I haven't been in a group. I haven't held an event. I haven't been sitting around the table with friends. I haven't gone to the movies. I haven't gone out to dinner. There's just so many things that are so different. And I've had two serious tests the last week. And one was my own medical test that I had to endure that was quite unpleasant. And then second was a medical trauma, I guess you would say, that my husband has had to be undergoing. And he's given me permission to share just a peek behind the curtain. And my husband suffers with essential tremors. He has for decades. And recently they've moved into his left and right leg. And through a miraculous, beautiful series of very blessed, fortunate events, he found out that here in our state of Virginia at our wonderful University of Virginia Medical Center, they actually were the first in the United States to begin this focused ultrasound that it treats, it ablates the thalamus where these essential tremors, their origin is. And so without getting too medical, and it's just so brand new for me, I am going to be clear as mud. But he went in for a test last week, and then the day after that test, they called and said, you are approved, and we have an opening next Friday, and everything just went into whirlwind mode. And so this past Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we traveled up to the University of Virginia Medical Center, and he underwent this focused ultrasound. And even though it is an, a non-invasive in the sense, non-surgical, I should say, it's non-surgical, it truly is invasive as he, you know, they went into his brain and shot all these lasers into his thalamus. And it was just quite an overwhelming ordeal. 
for my husband first and foremost as he was the patient. But as the caregiver, once again, my twin daughter having undergone brain surgery and then my mother having undergone brain surgery and now my husband, as the caregiver, I was triggered on some some deep levels. And I've done a lot of healing work, a lot of memory reconsolidation, but you know, anxiety's anxiety. It's it's either my friend or my foe, I can choose. And so even with, even possessing the knowledge, the skill, the tools that I have in my emotional health toolbox, I just published a book on the subject. Let me tell you, I was tested. I just became so anxious and reading through the paperwork the night before the treatment and seeing once again all of the repercussions, all of the side effects, all of the what ifs, all of the this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. I didn't sleep that night. I had a headache. I had an esophageal spasm, which usually comes from increased stress. I just want to report that even when we possess these tools, we still have to press through, stay with, pray. I just encourage you, we have to just stay the course and pray through the anxiety and the stress until we reach the other side. Why do I share that today? Well, I share just a hint, just a peek into my own vulnerability here because I believe that we need to possess yet another quality and that is adaptability. And that is where we're sitting today. We're gonna delve into this quality of adaptability, being someone who adapts well to both pain and pleasure, joy and sorrow, pleasant and unpleasant. And adaptability results in, I am not a psychiatrist by any way, shape, form. I am not a scientist, but I'm a student and I study all the time. And I do believe that this quality of adaptability leads us to living a resilient life. And that is one of the best qualities for living a meaningful life. So let's look at adaptability. The broader term adaptability means the quality of being able, being able to adjust to new conditions. The capacity to be modified for a new use or purpose. Now, where are you sitting today? We have definitely been introduced to COVID, to a global pandemic, but in your life, maybe you're newly married. Maybe you are newly divorced. Maybe you've moved to a new city. Maybe you're in a new school. Maybe you're in a new workplace. Are you somewhere where you are being invited by God himself 
to be modified for a new use or purpose. Wow, I just had a huge aha. <laughs> I just had an everyday epiphany in my own life that with the publishing of this new book during a global pandemic, I am being invited into a really new situation because I can't go out and do book signings. I can't do things the way that I once did things. And I believe that is a divine invitation from God himself because he is inviting me to do things his way. And so are you, just take this moment. I'm going to just let this be a very quiet moment. Is there a new condition, a new situation, a new use or purpose that you're being invited into. And when we understand adaptability, it means a quality of being able. So it means we're prepared to receive, we're prepared for it. And how do we get prepared for something? Well, we get prepared for that in our daily practices. That's where we get prepared. A long, long time ago, someone, a young mama asked me, how do you prepare your children for something like the Holocaust? How do you prepare your children for something? And boy, could we not say today, how do we prepare our children for a global pandemic? And I remember distinctly my response being a, a very acute awareness of, we prepare our children every single day by helping them make wise choices, by helping them be adaptable to both pleasure and pain, joy and sorrow, just like I said. We prepare our children by giving them strong character qualities, adaptability, resilience, unconditional love, self-love, strength of mind magnanimity, solid decision-making. So how do we do that? So let's take apart adaptability and just look at its root word, adapt. That's a verb that means to make something suitable for new use or purpose, to become adjusted to new conditions. So this goes so hand in hand. And believe me, this is a new study for me. I haven't really gone deep into the study of peacemaking or adaptability, I can guarantee you they're probably part of the next book. But I'm loving this so much. And I believe that adaptability and peacemaking go hand in hand. And if you could see me right now, I just integrated my hands together and I'm folding them tightly. Because as you move through the stronger everyday nine tools to an emotionally healthy you, as you move through this heart lifting journey to becoming whole, to becoming free, it will require you to have a capacity to adjust to new conditions, to a new way of doing things. So that means you will no longer be a people pleaser if that's what you are. You will no longer shrink back from hard things and resist change. 
You will no longer give in to your unbridled anger. You will no longer just let your husband or your wife or a teacher or a leader roll over you. You will not. You will stand up. You will use your voice. You will speak your mind in a beautiful way. You will be healthy. And that will be uncomfortable. I promise. It will be, as we said in the last episode, as if you're getting to know a stranger and that stranger is yourself. I borrowed that beautiful image from the Irish poet David White that we have to get to know the stranger who is ourself. And so adaptability and being adaptable is a capacity. And in the Stronger Everyday community, we love this word, capacity. The maximum amount something can hold. We, none of us, have reached our capacity. And so this beautiful episode is dedicated to an increase in our capacity to be adaptable, our capacity to be able to adjust to new purpose, to new situations, circumstances, relationships, seasons of our life, global pandemics, being adaptable to painful experiences and pleasant experiences. So what does that look like? What does that look like? Let me take you into this waiting room when I was waiting for my husband's treatment to begin. And I'm hearing, I'm hearing him almost faint when they start to do the procedure because it was so painful for him. And they're calling out, okay, we need this, we need that. He's going, he's fainting. And I'm just sitting outside the door wanting to rush into the room, frantic inside, but not really. I will say that due to the work that I myself have personally been doing, the practices here in this book that I've promised you I've gone through myself and tested them all out, I did have a sense of calm, a peace of mind that overtook that immediate sense of, oh my gosh, I've got to run in the room and do something. No, it overwhelmed it and I regained my composure I got control of my emotions. I went into my prayer state of mind and I prayed for those who were caring for him. I prayed for him and I rested. I had a posture of rest in my heavenly father who knows more than I do and I trusted in that moment. In that moment, I had equanimity. I had that sense of composure. I was able to sit with the unpleasant and sit with the pleasant at the same time. And that increase comes from this practice of being able to emotionally regulate. And that, I believe, is what adaptability looks like with skin on. To the best of my knowledge, that's how I can explain that to you in this moment. So as a guide on your journey, this heart-lifting journey, I can't leave you without a tool to have in your mental and emotional health toolbox 
for times perhaps like I had last week, a time where you are increasingly getting anxious, worried, stressed, fearful, overwhelmed, flooded, and in need of being able to emotionally regulate. So in Stronger Every Day, in the introduction, I offer you a beautiful ancient tool called the Daily Examine. And it's on page 34, 35, and 36. I created a beautiful chart that you can post and copy and just have uh, so that you have it before you until you make it your own. So I'm reading from page 34. One of my favorite spiritual practices comes from St. Ignatius, a 15th century Spanish Basque priest and theologian. At the center of his teachings is the daily examine, a method to review your day and examine and set intentions for the next. So I just take it aside here. In this situation, I adapted the examine while I was sitting in the waiting room. So typically, you're going to set aside 15 to 20 minutes, sometimes less as this becomes more of an attitude or mental process than an actual practice. I've done it while standing in the line at the grocery store. And as I just told you, I took this practice and I implemented it and adapted it for those few moments of crisis in that waiting room. Many different interpretations have been written, but I use the following, and I've added some personal examples in the book to help you, but today I'm just off the cuff going to share with you how I adapted it in that circumstance with my husband. So just hear me here, it's typically used at the close of the day as a mental and spiritual review of how you can close the day but then prepare for the next day by setting some good new intentions. In this certain situation, I just adapted it to help me stabilize my emotions. And so I think you'll hear how I flexed it. So the first step, there's five steps. The first step is to become aware of God's presence. In the Heartlift Method, I've adapted this to welcoming God into our whys. Typically, when a crisis moment hits, we like to falter right away to why is this happening? Why is this happening? And so I really have practiced and trained my spirit and my mind and my soul and my body to go, God, I welcome you in right now. I welcome you here into this waiting room, into this present moment. You're going to take a few deep belly breaths to inhale God's love and exhale any of the stressors or anxiety that are keeping you from being present. Remember that being present, being embodied, staying in our prefrontal cortex, that front part of our brain where we can be reasonable is where we want to remain. In a moment of crisis, when that is happening, you want, your amygdala wants to fire up and enter into that fight, flight, or freeze, or fawn, fainting stage. But what we're training ourselves to do, and that's what I propose to you in Stronger Every Day and the latter part of the book, is the flow stage. Fight, flight, freeze, fawn. But I believe that we can live this life in the flow stage. 
And that's where I worked my way into in that waiting room. So in the very beginning, I just became aware of God's presence. I immediately took a deep belly breath. It was like, okay, calm down, calm down, breathe. I put both of my feet solid on the ground to ground me. I put my palms on my thighs to ground me. And then I put my right hand over my heart. And the best way to breathe is to put your index finger over your left nostril and breathe into your right nostril, which will calm down the amygdala and bring you into your prefrontal, which will help you be reasonable. Second, I immediately invited gratitude into the situation. Thank you, God, for this moment. I am present to this moment. I'm right here. And I believe and declare, God, that you are with the surgeon, you are with the anesthesiologist, you are with the head nurse, you are with the nurse anesthetist, you are with the neural resident. I went down the list because I knew their names. And so I went and I mean, this is happening within minutes. But thank you that they're present. Who do I think that I am that I can rush in that room and make any difference? You're with him. We believe you brought us here. I believe that you spoke to Rob and we're in your care. You know way more than I do, God, and you're in charge. Third step is to pay attention to your shortcomings. You're going to notice that if you're looking at this at the end of the day, you're going to notice those moments when perhaps you weren't your best. You fell back into unhealthy behaviors or patterns. And so in that moment in the waiting room, I sat with my worry. I spoke to it. I said, Janelle, you're anxious. Hello, anxiety. Hello, fear. Hello. Welcome. Have a seat. Sit here with me. You are not my enemy. You are my friend. And I'm just going to sit here until I can calm down and introduce you to peace and calm. And peace and calm are going to take over. I sat with the unpleasant and I sat with the pleasant. And there was room for everyone at my table. (laughs) Everyone was sitting there with me. And four, you're to choose one feature of the day and pray about it. So in that moment, I just said, Father, I am thankful that I'm adaptable and that I'm resilient and that Rob is, and that we're united, and that we have you, and so we're good. I thank you that you're in charge, and that I'm not, because you're far better at being at charge than I am. And the last thing is you look toward the day to come, if you're using this at the end of the day, but I love this so much. I put a simple prayer that I use to end the day, or in that moment, to end this daily examine that I was working through swiftly during that moment of crisis. Because of your great love, I am not moved. God, your compassions towards me never fail. They're new every morning, they're new every second, they're new every millisecond. Great is your faithfulness towards me, great is your faithfulness towards my husband, great is your faithfulness. Thank you, God, that just moments before this procedure started, the senior anesthesiologist, her name was Ebony, this beautiful goddess of a woman. She just was so beautiful and so strong. She looked at my husband and she said, you know, I stand on Philippians 4, 6. 
Make your requests known to God. So I want you to know that I've made my request known to God today. Those were the words spoken to my husband before this procedure started. And I just looked at her. I said, who are you? And you're amazing. Thank you for your strength in this room. And so how could I doubt? How could I have fear? But it did come. But in the light of it, I let them all sit down at my table in my chair and I grounded myself and I had this tool, the daily examine, and maybe I'll just call it the moment of crisis examine. I like that. And I think I'm going to adapt and make a new chart for that. That increased my capacity to be able to sit with a new situation happening and be able to have victory in that moment. My dear, dear friends. I hope that this was clear as mud for you because I am just speaking from my heart today. This is fresh off the press of my emotional healing journey and fresh off the press of my husband and I walking through something very, very difficult together. So I hope that it informs your story and maybe informs a difficult situation or circumstance you might be finding yourself in, whether it's a new marriage, a divorce, a new situation, or just this crazy global pandemic. I hope that it informs your story. And I hope that you know that God's mercies are new every second of the day. And they are available to you every single day. May this episode increase your capacity to be adaptable so that you can have peace of mind and move through your life with so much beauty and meaning and peace. Peace and grace to you. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.